0: spotlight Even if it's just a dip in your toe We're gonna tell you all that we Down right after this hit tune. Eric and me. Actually, it's just gonna be me and this is a spotlight uh, dealing with three of the digital first issues that came out this past week. DC ended up trying to figure out, you know what can we do? what can we put out during this uh, shutdown on the comics industry and there were a lot of people arguing a bunch of different points about, hey, they should put everything out digitally. And then people would say, well, you know, that screws the comic shops. And what do you do when the print books come back then? How do you catch up with the then-released digital? Also, I'm sure DC, looking at it from a money standpoint, you're not going to sell as much digitally, and you don't want to just throw it out there. Then you want to wait until the comic stores are open. So you either just wait with nothing Or you put some things out, and it seems like some egghead over there at DC decided, well, we already have used some of these Walmart giant issues that we've done to kind of, at the back end of it, collect them, put them in the comic book stores, and you know what? They actually sold. They did sell okay. And so you're kind of getting more bang for your buck there. So I think somebody said, well, why don't we do a version of that? Why don't we kind of do that? We'll release some of these newer stories, the newer giant stories. Uh, We'll release them digital only because there's no print comics now. And nobody can really complain about that because these weren't going to be in the comic stores anyway. And we'll call them digital first. Now, digital first for DC and most Other companies used to mean it's digitally first, but now the digital first gets a little bit skewed or, you know, a 180 of that saying, no, this is this is the first time they're available digitally. So you use the same name to kind of get that deal, but it's a little different way of going about it. Plus, just to say. Some of these things, the Giants, Walmart, they're not available everywhere in the world. So this is the opportunity for some people who wouldn't have even gotten the opportunity to get these, to, to grab these. Now, you have them, they're coming out. If you go into this thinking, okay, these are the stories that whether they're good, bad, and different, at least I'm getting comics I think that you'll be pleased with these. I, I don't think that if you go into it like that, you could be disappointed. You're getting some things. You can read some new stories if you haven't read them. Now, if you read the giant issues, don't get these. Don't pull a man ship and double up. You don't have to double up on these. Nothing new, nothing special. This is not like you get one story from the Giants and a new story from this. No, these are just from the Giant issue. So if you read them, if you bought them, you don't need to get this. You're, you're going to be pissed off probably unless you wanted to just, you know, help out. But the idea, if you go into this wanting, really good stories that are replacing your normal books, then you might have some issues, depending on what you think of the normal books. I mean, really, this all is individual deal. For me personally, though, I kind of went into this like, okay, they're putting them out. Let's see if they are worth the deal. They're only 99 cents, so I'm not saying money-wise. I'm saying, you know, are they worth the effort? Are, Are these something that they're just throwing out there to have something? Or are they getting stories that really... Are great really there and they're proud of them They're going to put them out because you know They deserve more of an audience It's more of a let's throw some things out there For the most part though They at least fit the character Not quite the first story And it's not because of the stories themselves But to me I think it's because of the source material Because this Batman Gotham Knights number one Is actually drawing stories from the giant Our fighting forces giant number one That is a war story book. If you go and read these two stories in a war story book, I think that you will know what you're going into. You'll get what you wanted. And I think that they are better served there. Obviously, they were. That's how it came out. But you're grabbing a Batman story and a Batwoman story. And you're not going to sell as many digital copies if you call it fighting forces number one. You're going to sell more if you call it Batman Gotham Knights, number one. The, the second story isn't even in Gotham. It's not Batman. It's Batwoman. And these are war stories. The first one with a twist or a twist. And I liked it. And I liked it more as I thought about it and read it. I'm not going to say this story is going to blow your mind, but it might touch your heart. There you go. That's what I say. It is Medal of Honor written by... Brad Meltzer with a story by Sal Ginta. And if you don't know who Sal Ginta is, you will by the end of the story. It's art by Jim Lee, which is always a huge draw. Inks by Scott Williams. Colors by Alex Sinclair. And letters by Chris Eliopoulos. And you end up having a pretty much full narration story. It's Batman. You have Batman going through Gotham City There is a shootout. It is, in fact, a war going on on the Gotham streets between it looks like Joker's guys uh, against the GCPD and then Batman. And what you have here is the idea of Batman and the GCPD trying to stop the Joker and his group, but also saving their friends. And you have the beginning. It says early in his career. To deal with the loss of comrades and friends, he was given this advice. You've got to get, you've got to just try to do everything you can when it's your time to do it. And that sets it up. You're like, okay, now as you go in, the, the moon was full, the light enough that you didn't need night vision. And then you, shots fired. You see all these things and the cracks of the guns and the bullets were simultaneous. You have all these things going on. And I'll tell you, as you're reading it, you may end up at a point thinking, This doesn't necessarily feel like a Batman story. At one point, you end up Batman and one of the GCPD officers, as they're trying to get to one of their fellow officers, a friend. uh, It says, you know, they regrouped and counterattacked. They threw grenades using the explosives as cover to run forward. The muzzle flash is still erupting. Now, Batman's throwing a grenade. It feels a little off, even though it says for cover, things like that. But it, but the problem, or not the problem, the reason all this is, is by the end where Batman does go, you end up having the one officer go to help a wounded other officer. Like, you stay here. Uh, okay, I got him. You go forward. Batman goes forward. And then where you see Jim Gordon getting captured... Uh, you end up having Batman throw batarangs, ends up getting people to go off. You have, you know, bullets were still all around them. He grabbed his friend and dragged him the cover. At one point, he's like, tell me, Jim, are you okay? Are you okay? And he drags Jim out and then spends for nearly half an hour, he worked to stop the bleeding and help his friend breathe. And then you end up where, you know, the, the ambulances come. Everything calms down. You get everybody taken care of. Uh, at the end, in the last couple pages then, as the narration goes, you see Batman. He ends up having a, you know, a big rip in in his armor. He's walking away, and as it goes on, it's going to go back and forth. You have four panels. Top panel, Batman. Then the second panel, it's uh, it's pretty much a military unit. You're not really sure what or how or whatever, but it's a military unit. Then it goes back to Batman. Then you see one military uh, guy who is running towards pretty much bullets, just going, and now you're getting the idea where this isn't a story about Batman because it says... You know, you may believe that you don't deserve this honor, but it was your fellow soldiers who recommended you for it. And you see Batman there. Then it goes the next one with a military guy. In fact, your commander specifically said you lived up to the standards of the most decorated American soldier of World War II, Audie Murphy. And so you're like, okay, well, well, you find out then by the very end that this story is actually about Sal Ginta, who received the Medal of Honor for uh, what he did in afghanistan which you just read through a batman story and he was the first living person to get the medal of honor since vietnam and it's a really cool and strong story when you realize what it is then by the end and you realize like y- you were kind of you kind of were duped into getting a story about and what he did and seeing batman doing it with the Joker, I, I guess some people might be like, "Oh, you know, that's not the no." It, it's well done because you see that the you know you get the whole there's real heroes and and doing this. You even see that Batman's doing something. You're there, Batman's the greatest guy ever. He get and he's having problems, and you're like, "This was a real guy who who had nothing you know except to save his friends is what he was doing." Really well done. I really really liked it. And when I realized. I really liked it was because I'll talk about a lot of times when we read older issues, say on the Patreon for the spotlights and things like that, or the back issues, where we'll read, say, this past week, we ended up doing Suicide Squad number 10, the John Ostrander series, and it's the issue where Amanda Waller ends up making Batman look like a fool. And so by the end of it, when we were talking, and if you had the Patreon, you'll know this, me and Eric both said, you know what, this story's so good that now I do want to go and read all the Ostrander Suicide Squad, which was recommended to me before. But I want to read one to nine to get to that 10 and then on. So that shows you. All right. I really like that. The way I knew that I liked this story and the way I think that it's a really cool idea of what Brad Meltzer and DC did with this is I wanted to learn more about Sal Jinta. I wanted to go and read you know what happened and and how he did and when you go and read and you read the description of what he went through first it's it's incredible that there are you know people that brave and you, you sit there and wonder would i be able to do that and i'm telling you most people you look in the mirror and really look in the mirror you're like there's no way there's no way I would but when you read what he did and then you go back and read this again because the whole thing is adapted from the Jinta story but also from the speech from uh, President Obama you end Up like yeah that okay That's when they did this and and you Actually if you read the actual account Of the story you when they're like Well you know we didn't put the The uh, infrared on because you Actually know why And you find out where points Where things went wrong And they had to do this or they were it, it, it really opens it up and I Suggest that you go at least read the Wikipedia of Sal Jinta, Who pretty much is a he's a hero there's no ands ifs or buts about it and somebody who by the end you would think that batman would you know pretty much give the guy all the props and tell him he's the real hero now you go with the second story and how much i love the first story the second story i think ends up really getting tied down with the idea that it was in a war book that it was in our fighting forces giant number one it is written by larry hammer he is a vet. He's a guy who's written a lot of military stuff, G.I. Joe, all this stuff going on. And it's called Honor Code, and it's a Kate Kane story. Uh, well, I'll give you the full credits: It's written by Larry Hama, Mirko Kolak on art, John Calise on colors, Travis Lanham letters. And when you go into this, though, I think that if you're reading a military book, if you're reading a combat book, You're not going to be as thrown off as I was reading a Batman book here and getting a deluge of military terms, a lot of slang, a lot of things that I don't even know what they mean. And even when I did, I had to sit back and kind of, you know, go and decode it a little. I think that it would have again when it's in a R fighting forces. That makes sense. This is where you think that the people that are the target audience would know or be interested in. They would think that, boy, that that's the realistic deal. Larry Hama, he knows what he's talking about. That guy has served and served in wars. So he knows what he's talking. I don't know what he's talking about, though. So it threw me out. The basic story is Kate Kane being assigned to go and help Get an insurgent by the name of Akbar. He may be an admiral, I'm not sure, but he's the one who who lays the trap. It's a twist, but he ends up where they're in the Middle East. They're trying to find this insurgent leader. They end up following clues. Nobody's giving them any information, and when they finally do agree to a little sit down, uh, they realize that this Akbar is part of the people at the sit down. It's a trap. They end up fighting. You end up having Kate. Having to go off and chase him into a cave That has bats The bats help her take And you know end up going and taking out Akbar and bringing him out So that he can be arrested Taken in all that stuff And it, it's a simple enough story it, It's okay I love Kate I love Batwoman I think it's cool to see Things where you get a little over military service here uh, But the the whole jargon and stuff like that really threw me off And so I think that The target audience is not the Batman audience per se Though some will kind of cross over But I think that it would have been better served Another story that was a little less You know pretty much specific To a military book But overall because of the first story And the first story I'd give a 9 Out of 10 maybe I, I could go a little higher for what it is It's very quick uh, I would think Think that maybe you might win a couple of awards with this, possibly because of the you know the subject matter, things like that, but also how well I think it was done and Jim Lee art too. I, I'll I'll go nine five for the first, but the second one I'm I'm going to give a six uh, because of the fact again I, I kind of was confused by just the and if you're confused by just the dialogue and and that's telling the story you kind of lost from the beginning, and that's how I kind of felt by the beginning, middle, end, end. So I give Larry Hama all the credit for what he's doing. It's just not well served for this book. Now, the next book that we're going to go into is Superman, Man of Tomorrow, number one. And that is pretty much a straight-up Superman story. It's from the Superman giant, number one, of this new round and it is called Power Play, written by Robert Van Ditty, pencils by Paul Pelletier, inks by Drew Hennessy, and colors by Adriana Lucas. And you go in, it's a parasite story. You see it right on the cover. They're not gonna, you know, confuse you with that. And it's a night during, you know, work night. You have Lois and Clark, Jimmy, they're they're at the Daily Planet, they're they're doing their deal. Lois is writing a story about how. A school is grabbing and changing test scores to, you know, do all that. It's kind of straight from the news a little, uh, but it is something that does go on. I, I did sit and think: is that the play of? It's not really a crazy news day, because I know that that's a, uh, you know, a story. I know that's news, but Lois Lane kind of seems to be, you know, a little below her pay right? But that's just me. She's doing her deal, and uh, you end up having Robert Van and a lot of people love Robert Van Diddy. I like him enough. I do think, though, that he writes stories that are a little too generic for my liking. But he always does try to get, you know, those moments for his characters. If you're going to have a Superman book, you want that Superman moment. But again, I think that sometimes it's it's kind of cliched. I think that sometimes it's a little surface level and does not end up, you know, really Diving into the story and when you have this It is a parasite story And at one point something happens that I thought Was going to lead to something bigger That it was going to lead to a big reveal It never does but what happens is It starts off where The lights go out Oh, my. Lights out. You end up having a blackout in Metropolis and trouble down at the power plant. It's like Lassie came up, started barking. What? Trouble at the power plant? All right. Let's go. Superman goes off in a funny little deal. Him and Lois run up to the roof of the Daily Planet to see what's going on. And when Superman realizes this is a job for Superman, reveals the ass as he always does, Lois is pissed. Wait a second. You're always ruining the suits. We we don't get a lot of money. I mean, I am a, a huge reporter, but you bring in nothing. You know, don't ruin your suit. He goes to jump. He goes to fly. He gives Lois the clothes like, here you go, Lois. And she's like, thank God, at least we won't have to buy a new suit as Perry White and Jimmy Olsen come up to the roof. And now she has to ditch the clothes because if they see that, what are they going to think? What? What is Clark, the invisible man or you, you killed them? So she throws it off the side of the building. It is pretty funny when she does that. Well, while that's going and Superman's off to the power plant, you end up having Lois say, listen, there's a blackout. That means no Internet. Nobody reads newspapers anymore, but they'll have to now, right? Because there's no Internet. But I don't know how the power is to print the paper. But, hey, we'll just go with it. She's like, I still have my pen and paper. And Jimmy has his, his, uh, you know. What is that thing called that takes the pictures The camera? He has his camera. We'll go off. We'll get the story. They don't end up at the story. They end up getting caught in a traffic jam. Also, Lois drives terribly. Jimmy's screaming the whole time. But Superman goes to the power plant. It is Parasite. Parasite's sucking up all the energy in, in kind of a sexy way. And Superman comes and just starts walloping him and yells lights out. And, you know, go to sleep. He you know, said. that, well, you get a back and forth. You know, it's rude to interrupt a man's meal, Superman. I don't know why that would be parasite. I don't think he'd sound like that. But what you get now, it is the idea. You, you have these giants at Walmart and they are kind of there for people who don't necessarily buy comics all the time. Maybe even younger readers, people. So... This is well-served what happens, but when you end up then pushing them towards, almost like I said with the Larry Hammer story, when you go from it being a military story to a Batman full story or Batman family story, you're going to lose some people in the process. In this where you end up having Superman and you want to tell people who a Parasite is, and you normally would, but you don't have a lot of space in these, and you just need to – so you get dialogue like – You weren't always this way. I know there's a human named Rudy Jones inside you somewhere, and he has to be telling you that it's wrong to endanger a city to satisfy your hunger. Listen to him, and I promise I'll help you. And it just ends up seeming, to me, that sounds like it would be from like a 1950s serial. It does make me kind of pull out a little and like, really? Like, (laughs) he's going to give us, what, is he reading Wikipedia here for us? All right. It does get you going. But all in all, as us reading it now on these digital things as comic fans, uh, you don't really need to know that, but it is served well in the original deal to maybe get somebody inspired to look up Parasite, things like that. Well, Parasite is feeding at the moment. Superman says, you know what? You ever hear that trick thing fan you, you, you eat and you get tired? Well, it's time for you to get tired. And then Parasite goes, Sli- go to tired sleep. I'm ready for dessert. I'm like, this is not good trash talk. The the trash talk of Superman, like, hey, when I eat a big meal, I get tired. That's what he says. He goes, big meals always make me tired. You should sleep this one off. I want Parasite to say, I'm not a fatty jerk. I'm eating just normal here. I don't know what you're talking about. This ain't a big meal. Well, you end up, and you end up having warnings, system critical from the power plant while you end up having, you know, Parasite sucking this off. And you end up, not sexy, you end up where then Parasite starts to Suck the energy off of Superman. He says, I'll devour your energy too, but it still won't be enough. It's never enough. And then you get a big ba boom. You get some Kirby crackle on the top. You get all that stuff going on as if he has now sucked off all the energy from the power plant and it exploded. Well, immediately you end up having Parasite losing his energy then, as if it, you know, he should still have a store of it. Plus, He was sucking off the energy of Superman. He gets upset and jumps out of there like the Hulk. And Superman then explains it as he goes on later, says, I don't know what happened. He was getting the energy from me. He was more powered than I ever, ever saw him. And then he ran away. And it, it gets kind of a little bit confusing of what exactly happened then, because it never really is fully explained what was the exact thing for him to go away. He's just going away to go to the next scene. Superman goes and he he hears Jimmy screaming. He thinks Jimmy's in trouble. He flies down. Jimmy is in trouble. He has the oh shit handle. He's grabbing that in the car because Lois is an awful driver. And, and the worst part of this is Lois is driving awfully in pretty much a traffic jam so so she can drive horribly going 2 inches every 3 hours i mean that's how bad she is that that is bad uh and superman does save them by just coming down and hey what's going on and that's where lois comes out hey what's going on we couldn't get to the power station she says yeah He says, I heard Jimmy screaming. Oh, we couldn't get what caused the blackout. It was Parasite. He was stronger than I've ever felt. He was draining the energy from me and I couldn't stop him. Then the power station exploded and he ran. But you don't, I need a little more there. But then this is where you're going to get what could be looked at as a great Superman moment for some people or can be looked at as a cliched moment. But I will tell you that it is a moment that kind of hits a little harder now. During our whole shutdown and the COVID stuff, because you have a blackout in Metropolis and Superman says to everybody, hey, everybody, you know, there's a blackout, no looting. You know, I'm Superman, but I'm not even going to tell you to do. I'm going to just beg you. We're Metropolis. Let's show everybody that we're better. Everybody check on each other. If you end up having, you know, uh, something to help your neighbor do that, if there's doctors, go find them so that people can be helped if they're hurt, things like that. Let's all gather together. Let's all get through this as a group, as a community, as Metropolis and show them around the world, especially he means Gotham is basically. And and then afterwards, he's going to go off to Gotham and say to Batman, if this blackout would have been in Gotham, yeah, there's no way anybody in Gotham's helping each other. I have the better city. See you later, sucker. And then goes out. That's all it is. It's so he can brag. Bragging rights, but he does say to everybody, you know, help you do see uh, pretty much what looks like a guy who might be pissed off because the Iron Maiden concert was, you know, canceled that night. He's helping the old lady there. She's looking for a husband, she says, but I think maybe a romance is sparking. I see a few sparks there, right? Uh, And that's where, again, Superman's like, I'm going to go and get Parasite, where they're trying to figure out where he is. Lois says, well, Lois is a smart cookie. There are backup generators that Lex Luthor has been crowing about all the time that are powering the hospital, Maybe that's where Parasite... That's the only place that would have any... You know, he's probably there. Superman agrees and goes. And he is. He's there. And he's just sucking the energy while you end up seeing, in particular, somebody getting surgery. If the power goes out, they're going to die. Superman comes in, grabs Parasite, and flies off. uh, As Parasite still is in, in... You know, you can almost go with like a vampire deal where he has to feed at this point. He has to feed. And he's not... It's not necessarily... Him through this issue of, I'm Parasite, I'm going to get the energy from this so I can go destroy the world. This seems more of a primal feeding thing. He's hungry. I know how that is. I'm hungry all the time. Though I have willpower, he obviously doesn't. I don't have willpower. Superman then takes Parasite... And he's doing a little thinking himself, takes him up into space, goes to the, again, dark side of the moon that some people tell you that really isn't a thing. But he ends up there. There's no energy up there but Superman. And Parasite says, you stupid. I'm going to suck all the energy from you. And Superman says, no, no, no. If you do that, you're stuck on the moon then. Nobody will be able to take you back to Earth. So he's thought of this. And then Parasite probably says, well... I'm breathing here, which I shouldn't be able to anyway. So I guess there's no rules. I'll just jump to the earth. He doesn't say that, but I'm just saying, he's there yelling and screaming in space on the moon and parasites breathing fine. But you end up where, you know, Superman pretty much takes a beating. He takes a licking and he does keep on ticking as parasites fighting him. And so instead of parasite actually saying, okay, Superman, you win. uh, Yeah, let's go back to Earth, which I can only think that once they hit the atmosphere, he's attacking Superman anyway and, and getting his energy. Instead, after setting that up, hey, Parasite, you won't be able to get home. I'm your only ride. You know, you don't want it, to. It's like there's a guy who ends up stealing cars and then, you know, stripping them down. But now you're stuck in, say, Buffalo. You don't want to strip the card down in Buffalo. Then you're stuck in Buffalo. You need the card. Get out of there. So he he says this, but then Parasite just beats the crap out of Superman. And what Superman now is doing is basically Rocky. I I'm gonna let you know. I'm gonna let anybody I fight really. Uh, but to me, you know, this is Rocky Four. Y- you end up. He's made of iron. You have all that guy, and, and you have Parasite just beating the crap out of Superman until he loses all his powers. And then that's where Superman says, I'm going to help you out. I'm going to get you help. You know, maybe after I deal with this bottled city of candor that everybody keeps bitching about. So it might be years from now, but I won't forget you. And then ends up going off. And then I, I just needed, you know, as they're going. You say, okay, Drago And then you end up having Parasite I must break you And then they go, but yeah, everything's fine You end up having Superman inspire the city In a blackout that seems to have lasted Only an hour or so Because Lex did come and turn on These other generators that he had Uh, And then you go to the Daily Planet Where Lois and Jimmy Have the story about People coming together in the community And Perry he kind of gets his inner J. Jonah Jameson starts screaming, This isn't the peril or chaos that we need. I want to sell papers. I, uh. And I and I can only think where you have Lois say, I didn't want to write the easy headline, but you also didn't get to the power plant. <laughs> you only got a little bit oh so you, you only told the story where you, you witnessed it. That's good. Don't try to play it different, because if you got to that power plant, I think that headline would have been a lot different. Uh but yeah, you end up having Lois say, ah. We're going to have to buy more suits, and I don't know about you. you going to have to get a second job, and then you go off to Lex, who is pissed where he sees this headline. He sees everybody saying that Superman's the greatest thing ever. I don't know if you know this. That triggers Lex a lot. He ends up saying to Mercy Graves, what the heck? Why didn't they ask me about anything? I'm the one who put the power back on. I'm the one who's the greatest. They always go with the stupid Superman. I'm truly the most powerful man in the city. And then you're like, all right, well, that seems to be setting things up. And then it says, next, organized crime. And then I, I looked at what the next issue is. Doesn't seem to continue from this, but we'll see. I don't know how these things work. But overall, again, you you get enough. And I saw people online talking about this issue. And it was DC saying, hey, what did everybody think about Superman, Man of Tomorrow number 1? And for the most part, the, the majority of it was the idea Well, it's better than Bendis, and and that's okay, but that doesn't make it great. Because it's better than the piece of crap books that we're getting normally, that doesn't elevate this one to anything but what the story is. And to me, this is a very middle-of-the-road generic story. That ends up really with no ending and just, you know, you get these cliched moments of Superman being Superman. But in a time where we're not getting books, that's well served in my mind. But overall, I'm not going to start thinking that this because we're not getting any other books. And then when we get back to the books, we have to deal with Bendis and his nonsense. I'm I'm not going to pretend that this is any better than it is. And because of that, I'm going to give it a 7 out of 10. And that's what I think it deserves. The art's good. The story is just generic. You're not going to think about the story in two weeks. You're not going to sit back, man, really like that parasite story we got. It's fun, you know, while you're reading it, but it's not memorable. It's nothing that's going to be looked at and lauded later. So, you know, I'm going to give it what it deserves. And, And if you disagree you can disagree you're allowed to disagree with me and you can even yell at me and tell me why we're going to go to the last issue that i'm going to talk about though and it's the flash and the reason why i picked this one because there's a couple other books that came out as well wonder woman book that ended up being more of a harley book and then a swamp thing book that by mark russell and mark russell's writing and that might be my kryptonite i, I just didn't want to deal with that so i ended up picking this because gail simone writing Flash, I thought, okay, I like Gail Simone. I like the Flash. This seems like an easy win as Eric Shea and Up to the Plate Home Run is what he'd say. Uh, But it's All the Teeth Glittering and Sharp by Gail Simone, uh, Art by Clayton Henry, Colors by Marcelo Maialo, and Letters by Rob Lay. And it is a story that is more based in the television universe. The Iris West is the television universe Iris, you end up having Barry, who you can't really tell that Either way, but you're gonna Go with this, Barry is a guy Who's very awkward He he says the wrong thing, some people Think he's weird, but Iris Doesn't, Iris actually likes him For that sort of thing, and I like What Gail Simone does, giving You an Iris through Barry's eyes, and Barry is, you know, enamored With Iris, And, and really Because he thinks Iris is the cat's pajamas he does. He says at points Iris is somebody that is never off guard, is always the, you know, the smartest person in the room, but also can go and fit in at a punk rock concert, leaves that and goes to say a presidential dinner and then after that goes to a black and white old time movie theater deal. I, You know, anywhere she goes, she fits in and makes everybody else around her seem to fit in as well. And, and I really like the way that you play that out here, how Gail Simone stresses that. Now, the story itself is Barry being allowed through the police department, through the Central City Police Department. They end up being able to go on a cruise through an endowment from an old lady that ends up setting it up, it's, it's just a way to get them on to the boat. But he's allowed to take a guest and his plus one. He wants Iris says, "I'm not going to get handsy with you, you know." You know huh? I promise? And something like that. And they go, and they're going to go, and they're having a grand time. They're having a grand old time. You have Iris even says, "When well, I do have a new bikini." Bikini, and then they go off. But they're they're playing the shuffleboard. They're eating at the buffet where, of course, Barry has like 17 plates a la Jim Werner and having grand, you know, grand. I keep saying that having great discussions and things like that well, as the boat is going off and you're getting into, you know, the Gulf of Mexico way down South Mexico way. Uh, you end up having the boat hit a huge bump. Boom. All of a sudden one guy's like, oh, man, we hit an iceberg like in that movie. Like really, first off, every who who wouldn't just say the Titanic? I, it really, I mean, even if there wasn't a movie, you would say so this guy yells, and he he's obviously not a learned fella. He's one of the police department too, so I, I really realize why all these bad guys always get away. And you know, you have the guy. This is like that movie with the guy with the hair. So they end up doing that. It isn't an iceberg. It's King Shark, and he busts in. They're dancing at the point, and there is a cool thing where Barry's like, yep, have to go face my arch nemesis, dancing, because he's, he's not great on his feet, which is a joke here, people. Uh, you have King Shark come in, and if you don't know King Shark, uh, he's a shark. I don't know if you realize that. Yes, maybe the royalty of the king gets you a little, you know, stars in your eyes. You don't realize the other part is shark. He he's a shark. I'm saying this because it seems as if King Shark and Gail Simone want to tell you this every panel. Hey, I'm a shark. I do this. Hey, you know I'm a shark. Hey, I'm a shark. It's just constant as he is. He says it right away. You see him? He's yelling at people that are looking at him. Hey, stupid boat people! My name is King Shark. I'm a shark. Gotcha. So he's there, and he's gonna. I'm gonna. End this trip here, boat people, in the meantime, you've already seen the boat is sinking. It has a huge hole in it at the point where King Shark ends up tearing a hole in this boat. So you're wondering, like, what the heck's going on? But you kind of take him with the idea that it's going to be a big battle between Flash and King Shark. That's kind of cool. You end up having Barry go to town, boom, 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 using his, you know, fist of fury there. And you have King Shark who... He, he is royalty. You know, he, he, don't, he didn't just go to King's school to be called Prince Shark. He's King Shark. He's not a dumb guy. He's a shark. He jumps into the water, realizes I'm changing this venue. I'm going into the water. And when you end up having flash in the water, can't really do much. He says, I, I don't have anything to run on. I, I can't do this. And this is actually what King Shark yells, calls him. And every time he talks to him, he's going to give him the yell, hey there, crab cakes. You know, hey, they, and he's attacking him. He's going to eat Barry. Barry can't breathe, but then realizes at the point. And then, as King Shark says, I'm going to eat you. Think I'll tear me off a drumstick to start. How's that sound? I'm a shark. We eat guys like you for breakfast. And I want to Barry to continue the joke like, <laughs> You eat guys like me for breakfast? And then King Shark's, Yes, I do. Yeah, I'm a shark. So you have this, and Barry realizes what I can do, even though I can't run, no friction, I'm in the water, I'm not a strong swimmer, I can just, you know, use my now feet of fury and just start kicking the crap out of King Shark. Now, in this whole deal, through this issue, you also go back to flashbacks where Barry thinks back when his dad, Henry, you know, before he got Arrested for killing his mother, though we all know the story there. He took him to see Jaws. Now, when he says, you know, my dad took me to see that shark movie when I was a kid, you know the one, I thought he meant Deep Blue Sea, right? Then I'm, oh, no, he means that other shark, the side shark movie, Jaws. And so he's even like, yeah, you know, I I keep thinking back. You're waiting for any point in this issue for either a line from Jaws or Deep Blue Sea, or a lesson learned from Jaws, or Deep Blue Sea. Uh, Even if you ended up, Barry, grabbing a hat and saying, look at me, I'm lo Cool J, I wear my hat like a shark spin, I'm in. But you get nothing. You don't get, we need a bigger boat. You don't get, smile for me, USOB. You don't even get somebody scratching uh, along the chalkboard, right? You don't get songs, you don't get nothing. So bringing up Jaws and this whole deal, you go back more than once. You mention it. more. Nothing comes about from it. There is no reason for it except that there's a shark and Barry's like, oh, man, this reminds me of that movie. And there is a bit of a typo as well that threw me off where he's thinking back, his dad's there, and he's going to tell him about, uh, you know, hey, see, I know there's a way out. This is because he's thinking of, jaws and that's all he learns from jaws you know what he learns the shark loses at the end that's all he learned he says i see there's a way out but he's a shark as he keeps telling me which made me laugh because he is telling just like that movie by dad took me to by dad took me to but yeah that's all he gets and then you have yeah barry hey is the shark gonna get me dad And then his dad, who we see now, I don't believe anything his dad says going forward because he's like, I don't know, kid. Here in the theater, probably not. But if you go in the water, I'm like, what a jerk. I ended up seeing Jaws the year it came out in the summer at the shore, at the New Jersey shore. Worst worst summer at the shore. I'll tell you, I didn't go in that water then. But yeah, you end up having Barry fight King Shark, starts hitting him, you know, kicking him over and over and over. King Shark comes out as Barry jumps back on the boat. King Shark climbs over the rail and says, "You think you lost me, stupid hero man? I'm a shark, I'm not a quitter. I'm a shark." He goes, "They're going to keep fighting." You end up having uh, Captain Gerald Cooper Hey, I'm from Central City PD. You're under arrest. You know thing. Did you not hear me? I'm a shark, not a talking guy. He says, "You keep doing this. I mean, it's so over the top." Well. Barry ends up going, uh, running in, and he had set up something very quickly, as he would do earlier, where they go into the ballroom, King Shark's running after him, and that's where Barry says, Hit it, fellas! Lights end up shining. And again, was this something that he learned from watching Jaws, Deep Blue Sea, I don't know, Sharky's Machine, I, I don't know. No, it's he learned this from... School. He says, I remembered my science, your majesty. Your majesty. I remembered how sailors would use flares to scare sharks away. I remembered how to have millions of rod cells in your eyes to see in the dark. So sharks have oversensitive eyes because they see in the dark a lot. You end up flaring there. The sailors use flares. We're going to use lights in his face. Why didn't you have these flashbacks have anything to do with when What did I, I can't remember seventh grade science when we learned about the sharks. And then finally I'm remembering instead of going back to the pop, you can, pop culture references are great. They're some of the, my favorite things I love them. I mean, you get a Deadpool, a Harley. That's why I like those characters, pop culture references. But if you're going to use the pop culture reference, you then have to go a little further with that and integrate it into the story a little better than. Yeah, I remember Jaws and I think the shark, you know, he lost. So I I have, you know, a chance here. No, that, that doesn't work. And then to show the big reveal is that you remembered science and, and then take it a little further where King Shark is blind from this. And Barry just picks up a, a thing where it's just this metal rod and he just starts beating the crap out of King Shark to the point where I thought he was going to kill him. Then says, man, I can go for an all-you-can-eat buffet, and I'm going to send this guy, King Shark, off to Iron Heights. Well, you end up having Iris show up then and say, that was weird. Then Barry's as Flash says, I know, right? And she's like, no, no, I mean, you didn't even ask him why he was trying to fight us or destroy the ship. And you end up, you know, what's his motive? Why was he doing this? And then you're like, with Iris, like, yeah. Well, why didn't he try? Well, this is the problem is, is it Barry's fault for not asking or is it King Shark's fault for coming in half cocked, full cocked, actually going ham on everyone, going shark and not telling him that why he was doing this is because this cruise ship out of nowhere. You see it then. King Shark, uh, I was doing this because this uh, cruise ship is a lot of pollution in, in the ocean. And then you go to a far deal where you see the cruise ship and it looks like the ocean has turned into my toilet, my toilet that is always backed up. Trash Island times 10. I don't want to know what's coming out of the back of that ship at all. And, and why, why? Why didn't King Shark jump on Sea Flash, who's the hero, that and say, hey, Flash, yeah, the ship, a lot of pollution. And so... You end up with the deal like, oh, man, they they get in the international waters and dump garbage. I'm like, okay, now you went too far. You had this whole issue where you didn't even succeed in most of it. And now you're going to push it into a let's go green deal? I mean, really? And so you end up where, I guess, you end up having Barry say King Shark agreed to go peacefully. Now, does that mean agree to go peacefully back into the water? Or to Iron Heights because he has still committed multiple crimes, including possibly like, you know, attempted murder for 300 plus people. So he better be going to Iron Heights. We don't know specifically, I'm hoping, where he will face a, you know, jury of his peers, which I would believe would be a guppy, two goldfish and a stingray is what you would have there, his peers, uh, And also you can even make the joke, his peers, and they have it set up in a pier to keep the ocean deal going, right? <laughs> you want to have that? That would be pretty funny. And then Barry fixes the boat because as they're talking and, and yapping about things and, and motives, the, the ship is still sinking. He ends up, you know, using his fast work, patches up the ship, and then everything's fine. And then, oh, I believe you still owe me a dance that's king shark now in iron heights he's saying that to mirror master mirror master has no idea what he's talking about at the end iris and barry get to say hey you know this is a great story you did have at the point where i did like it too where you have iris while king shark's yelling about being a shark you end up having her taking pictures with her phone for the story and i can only hope that as the story is put out you know king shark attacks boat and then underneath it's like Barracuda, like they get it wrong all that time. And they, you have King, no, why me? <laughs> they always get it wrong. I'm not a killer whale, I'm a shark. But yeah, there you go. You have that. Uh, overall, I'm giving it a 6.5. It's, again, it's a goofy enough story that you can read. Is it better than Joshua Williamson's regular run on The Flash? I think it's just as equal, and I'm not a big fan, so that's kind of backdoor shade. That I'm giving but I'm not going to go shade shade Because these are still and at the end of this If you're still listening uh, through my Nonsense uh, it's nice to get Comics you know it it was nice To get some things and Again maybe the Idea of getting it being nice That's enough you know you just sit there and you Read and some of these actually You could read with your kids even there's nothing Here that's real over the top Mature And the Batman's the most Mature and I think that that first story is an important one to even share with kids and talk about things like that. Even, you know, if your kids didn't know what the Medal of Honor is, they think it's some video game. You end up being able to talk about it and talk about real heroes as well as a Batman. So I think that these are OK. That That's how I will end it. Again, I'm only talking about the three. So maybe somebody will tell me, well, you should have read the other ones and they're better. But. I'll keep it at three, keep it under an hour here. But as I go, I want to tell you where you can find us all around the internets and the world. We might be in the, I don't know, Mexico way, right? Maybe, maybe we're in Florida. No, I'm in Quakertown. Quakertown, Pennsylvania is where I am hailing from. But if you want to go on the intranets as you're stuck inside you can go to twitter at weird science dc if you follow us we'll follow you we are putting out a bunch of retro reviews and reviewing a bunch of these digital first comics here on our website weird science dc comics.com and if you like what you hear here and you want to support us for it or you really just want more shows you can go to our patreon account patreon.com slash weird science where we do have a ton of shows usually at least one a day if not more at the end of the month that equals to 30 plus shows a month on different things dc marvel indie comedy, I and cartoons stuff like all sorts of things a lot of it dealing with Issues from the past, some classic runs, things like that So if you like all that, uh, you know, go and check out the Patreon It'd be really cool if you would We would really appreciate it It keeps us inspired to do things each and every week, each and every day All of that stuff So thanks everybody for listening I hope you like the spotlight deal Uh, We'll see if I see that it looks like people are liking it That it's getting some downloads, some clicks And then people may even mention, oh I like that I'll keep doing it Each week, if not, that's fine. It'll give me some free time to do something else. So thanks, everybody, and I'll talk to you later.